Hey, Traveler, your last one here again. Man, you are always just on time. Let's hurry on back. I want to hear what happens in this story. Ah, Traveler, welcome. I left you all at a very exciting moment, didn't I? Yes, Ronnie was stuck in a room fighting an invisible monster that would shapeshift quite the moment, I'd say. Well, today, we shall hear how our brave heroes face against such a foe and hunt it down in this cave. Join me as I tell you the tale of the hunt, part three. Hey, my name's Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger, and he is first level. Hi, my name's Humberto. I'm playing uh, Borodon, the Dwarf Cleric, level one. Hi, uh, my name is Brent. I am playing Kalsar, the level one Paladin Tiefling. I'm Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the half-elf bard, first level. Where we last left off, you had just busted inside and saw that Ronnie was there disheveled and winded and holding on to his keyboard. You all walked into the room and as you looked up, you saw that there was a large hole in the ceiling. Do you need healing? What happened, Ronnie? There was some sort of a ghost. It, it uh, called to me and then it, it ran off and ran up into the hole. Are you wounded? Uh, a little bit. Saul cast Cure Wounds. Six. So, Ronnie, you get fairly healed up. Bordon puts his hand on you, and you feel this holy energy flow right through you. And the wounds where this creature kept trying to punch you in the solar plexus just fade away instantly. I knew it was going to go with you guys because you got all this dang healing magic. Well, but... It's not like infinite, so I have to know when to use it. We have to find out where the creature went. We saw that he went up, went up through the ceiling. I have a grappling hook and some rope, and also I turn to Steve and I tell him to keep his mouth shut, and if he yells in this cave again, I will personally kill him. Do you want to make an intimidation check? Sure. Yeah, he immediately looks down, shuts up, and just holds his torch. If we use the grappling hook and with the rope, we can at least kind of go up and see if the tunnel goes like to the far right or if it goes straight because it looks like up ahead in the cave you can go kind of straight or you can go completely left. Well, I wonder, um, is it big enough, Fellow Cup, is it like big enough for us to actually go up there and, and move around in? It definitely looks like it's big enough for you to climb up into the hole, but you don't really have a good idea unless you get yourself on up there. Shouldn't we, like, I don't know, search the rest of the cave before going to, like, the unknown, like, hole? I can poke my head up there to see if, like, the tunnel goes completely to the left or if it goes straight or something so that we get an idea of where it took off to in the cave, you know? It's a good, good idea, Metsu. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Okay. I'll throw the grappling hook. Oh, fuck. I rolled a one. <laughs> okay, here we Gong. go. <laughs> so MZ's just spinning his grappling hook. 
You know how you have those classic characters from a movie where they're just spinning that hook on their side like they're gonna scale that wall no problem? Not really thinking about how high this ceiling is, you just start swinging and swinging and swinging and you throw it up and it clangs off the ceiling and comes flying back at you, hitting you square in the face and you take three points of damage and you just see some blood trickling out of MZ's nose. MZ, are you okay? No. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to try again? Okay. One more turn. If Steve wasn't so scared of you, he would have laughed. I got a 17. Alright, so this time you're spinning it once more, you throw it up there, very sure of how tall the ceiling is this time, and you feel it hook onto some sharp stones and pull back. And then uh, climb up and just sort of look and see what kind of tunnel system is up there. You start climbing this rope, and it's not very high up. It's just about eight feet off the ground. And once you reach the top, you manage to just get your head up there. And when you get up there, you see that the tunnel is tall enough for you to be on your hands and knees. And then it goes up to near the ceiling. And when you look down, you see that the tunnel takes a quick left and there's another pathway that goes straight ahead. Oh. And looking around, you see there's a lot of claw marks on the walls from the creature. And looking further down the left tunnel, you actually see there's a hole at the end of it. And it looks like it leads into the room where you fought all those zombies. Oh, okay. Can I make a survival check and see which way this thing ran? Like it's invisible, but it still leaves tracks right maybe it left something that i could pick up on yeah and since this is a cave system you do get your bonuses for being a ranger since this is your favorite terrain awesome 14. so taking a look at these tunnels you notice that there's actually marks where it shows that the creature must have dug these very recently with its claws you also find a little bit of blood that leads down the northern tunnel, and that must have happened from when Ronnie had slashed the creature. Okay, I'll come down and I'll say, I'll tell them that I think it went uh, north in this cave system. Okay, I, I thought that it was only or like north for us to go. Well, up ahead in the cave system, uh, it's either a sharp turn left, or there's a, a path that goes to the right slash north a little bit. Good job, MZ. Do you think it's like safe for us to be there? I don't know. Like how, I don't know, how sturdy is the tunnel? I would say it's pretty sturdy. Or well, we could keep going down the cave or we can go through the tunnel. What's everyone's opinions? I think we should go down the cave. Yeah, I think we should yeah. like exploring the cave. All right. Well, we can't wait too long because it, because the enemy is invisible and it could have a chance to escape. But he's still wounded, right? We just don't want to lose track of him. Yeah, that's true. Do you think you could heal me? You, are you really that hurt? Because, I mean, it seems like just a, a flash wound. <laughs> uh, I'm at fourteen out of twenty-three. He was fighting Seriously? zombies before. Oh! <laughs> okay, I thought it was just like the grappling hook on Are your you face. Are you sure you're hurt as you see his like, <laughs> blood squirting out of his severed arm? <laughs> I'm a doctor, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, 
PhD in being a dwarf. So okay, I can okay I can heal you then. You, you guys are just draining all Ooh, my spells. Oh, I think you're out of healing spells already. <laughs> yeah, I am, and it was just two battles. But here you go. By the power in me, I heal thee. Ten. So you feel your bloodied up nose and your bruised up ribs heal instantly from Bordon's touch. Enjoy being like <laughs> back you. to life. Alright. Are we all good? We should head down the cave. Yes. Let's do this. Alrighty, what is the marching order? I should probably take point since I am the paladin. I'll, I'll go behind him. I think because uh, Steve should go in the middle. Yeah, that's for sure. We have to protect him. And then I'll go behind him, and then you can take up the rear. Yeah, sure. We should probably get a torch torch ready, too. Steve has one lit, because he can't see in the dark. Okay. So, when you guys are progressing, do you go check out the large room you were just fighting in, or do you go down the unexplored hallway to your right? Have we searched, like, this, like the open room? No. Is it, like, the room that we fought the, the zombies? Yes. Okay. So, you haven't really gotten a good look at it. Do you guys want to go in there? Let's take a look. Okay, just just one question. If if I use uh, I have stone, I don't know stoneworks. I don't know like what the name of the the skill is. So yeah, you can use that to take a look around the room. Okay, so that's what I'll do. Eighteen. Okay, so Bordon, I'll give a quick description of the room and then I'll tell you what you found. So, coming into here, this large open room appears to be a resting and commons room of some sort where they would celebrate. The tall, rough-hewn stonework makes up the walls of this deep chamber and the musty smell of stale ale and dinners past linger in here. Small tables and stools have been tipped over and smashed here and there, and you see in the far corner there appears to be a training area. And looking around, as you put your hands against the wall, you find this is just, you know, your classic bad goblin make. And you see flaws here and there. But while you're looking for a secret passageway, coincidentally, you find a secret passageway. Oh, I knew. I never get to use these. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you find, Borodon? Well, I found a, like a hidden passage here. It's just like right behind some boulders. So the boulders themselves seem fairly easy to move and while you're looking around the rest of this room you find an area that looks like a little bar and behind it are five bottles of wine, four bottles of ale, and you find two large kegs of ale. We should keep Ronnie away from this. <laughs> totally. Ronnie must not know of this place. <laughs> Oh, what you got over there? Shut, shut the door. Nope, shut the nothing. door. <laughs> Keep him away from it. This isn't in the secret room. This is just in the very large room you're in. Oh. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. hours. Roddy. Uh, I want to go and get a drink out of this barrel. Roddy. So you just go to hit up one of the kegs instead of the bottles. Okay. Yeah, there's little cups there, but they're for goblins, so it's about the size of a child's cup. Can I try to persuade him to stop him from doing this? Because it's a bad idea. Can I use Charm Person to get him to come drink with me? <laughs> <laughs> Both of you can do those okay, things. Okay, I'm, I'm going to bring right. persuasion. 
Well, first Kelsar, make me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 16 plus 2, 18. Okay, yeah. And Ronnie, what is your DC for that? Oh, spell save DC, 14. Okay, so you could feel Ronnie try to turn on the charm, as they say in the bardic world. Because for a moment there, while you're arguing with them, suddenly, this sounded like an alright idea. You're thinking to yourself, yeah, you know what, I could go for a drink. No, wait, no. We are in danger. This is terrible. And Kelsar, you can continue with your persuasion check. And Ronnie, that will be a charisma-based saving throw. Yeah, four, four plus four. So Ronnie, as much as you want this drink, you do understand that there's a scary, vicious, invisible monster that just kicked your ass two minutes ago. Ronnie, can I just say with confidence that I drank this mysterious drink for the first time, and it this is not the time now. Uh, after we're done with this creature, you can you can go to town on it, but like you got to think about everyone. Like this is you got to think about your safety, but. Also, everyone else's. But just, even if you can't think about our safety, just think about your own safety. Also, I ran out of healing spells. So, if you if you just pass out, yeah, I'll just leave you there. Yeah, and Borodon's out of healing spells. This is yeah. not the time. Steve, do you know any healing spells? Uh, H-E-A-L. Alright, well... Maybe we'll need that later, but uh, come come back. We're going to come back and grab these kegs. Like, we don't even know if it's spoiled or not. You're, you're, doing, you're doing great, Steve. He's trying. He's also deathly afraid of Emsie at the moment. Yeah. I look up at the ceiling. Is there a hole in the ceiling? There is a hole in the far left-hand corner of the room. Are you going to point out that to the to the group? Sure, I can do that. After you said something, I would just say that seems like all the all the rooms are somewhat connected then on the upper part. Yes, they definitely are. Did we already investigate the secret passage or was there just... Uh, no, you haven't gone through there yet. Why don't we take a look inside? I think that's, yeah, that's the best because if they have hidden it, maybe it's just a shortcut or maybe we can just get behind them. Or there could be survivors in there, too. It didn't seem like they'd be taking prisoners. <laughs> Wouldn't get my hope too high, I guess. So, do you open up the secret passageway? Mm-hmm. So you start moving the boulders, and it actually seems it's really easy to move them. There's these small grooves that have been dug into the stone where it just rolls along. And as you move these boulders out of the way, it opens up into a small tunnel that leads up to another room. This large square room contains dozens of bedrolls and hides all laid out in holes and out in the open and some in corners. A heavy smell hangs in the air and you see a few half-eaten goblin bodies lay about their beds, most likely falling victim before they could even wake up. Oh no. It looks like you found their escape route and you could see a door to the right leading further out into the tunnels. Terrible fate. Uh, they're just goblins. They're still living creatures, Borodon. Show some respect. When we fought them. We fought zombies. Like, not here, in this dimension, whatever. Like, back home, we had to fight those and orcs all the time. They were pillaging, they were, like, killing the villagers for absolutely nothing. So, 
I'm sorry, I cannot have, like, a lot of sympathy for them. I understand where you're coming from, Borodon, but remember that this isn't your home anymore. This isn't any of our homes. I know, but they're the same creature, right? I'm still a dwarf, you're still a... Well, the goblins have actually been pretty good to us. We leave them alone, and they've been protecting the town. How loud is Steve talking? He's talking his regular country voice, which is a slight pitch louder than a regular voice. And when he sees you looking at him, he just looks down immediately. I can make a quick a quick prayer for them. If this pleases you. If they weren't as bad as I think they were, I can make a quick prayer for them. It might be a good idea. You see about three bodies in total. Maybe it'll keep them from rising again. Well, maybe. Well, because there were clerics in my order that could actually do that. I'm not on this stage yet, but, well, at least to alleviate their souls from their bodies. Thank you, Borodon. No problem. So, what do I have to roll? I'd say if you wanted to do a more elaborate gesture, a ritual, it would be a religion check, but if you just wanted to do a quick prayer, then there's no roll involved. I'll, I'll do like a fancy one. Okay, so then make a religion check. Just to see what will happen, which is zero, so 15. So Bordon, explain to me what ritual you do to help these goblins move on. I have some healing salts and good smelling herbs so that's what I'll do I put a bowl of smelling salts and some herbs inside of it and I light them with do, do I have like a, a the flint and steel yeah you could just find some you're in a living space so it would make sense that there would be some around so that's what I'll do I'll just find some and light it and do a prayer for them okay Everyone else, did you come in this room along with Borodon? Um, I'll go into the room with Borodon. And MZ and Ronnie? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Sure. And Ronnie, I need you to make a perception check. They'll start moving and we'll have to fight the zombies again. And I'll be in the middle of a, a ritual. It's going to suck. Oh boy. Nine. Alrighty, and sticking to typical Mr. O'Connell fashion, you did not notice anything. So, walking in here, you guys join up with Borodon, and you see him begin performing this ritual. And Borodon, while you're performing this ritual, you can actually feel the energy in the area clear up, and this lingering feeling of anger starts slowly fading off until there's nothing. Put my hand on his shoulder and... Bordon, I'm, I'm very proud of you right now for putting aside your differences. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. If if Steve said that, like the goblins are okay, I think I should trust him. Again, like you said, they're like it's not my world. Yeah, different situations. Thank you. I understand. No problem. I'll still pillage the bodies though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can search through them if you want, for sure. Does someone want to make an investigation check to take a look around the room? I could try that. 16. 
Alright, so looking around, you actually find a bit of change that these goblins have been stashing away. So you find about 10 gold pieces, and you also find a vial, this potion of some sorts. You don't know what it is, it's just this reddish liquid that's just sloshing about. I'll hand everything over to Borodon. <laughs> I'm the pack mule now! <laughs> So, Borodon, you take a look at this, and you recognize it from your training as a potion of healing. Okay. Well, I ran out of healing spells, but this is a, seems to be a pretty nice potion of healing. How much gold do we have total? Uh, okay. Let me check. So, I put my, my hand inside my, like my bag, and, you know, check. We have about... 19 gold. Thank you. Alright. I guess that's all we can do in this room. Why don't we investigate a little bit more? You said there's a, another path in this room? Yeah, there's a doorway just off to the right. Why don't we start going down there? I'll take point. And I'll let all of you make one more perception check. 14. I got 14. 17. 23. All of you noticed this time around, uh, Ronnie, you were a little too distracted coming in here to look after Steve. You already walked him this morning, so oh, I just Steve. didn't notice. But oh. as you guys were all getting ready to head out the door, Kelsar is saying, I'll take point, MZ's agreeing, and you look, and in classic Home Alone fashion, Steve's not there. Oh, oh my god. And you hear this yell. And it's coming from the door that you haven't opened up yet. Everyone, get ready. So you can hear his scream from the other side of the door, and it sounds quite far away. Is this the, the door we entered from the secret passage, or the new entrance? No, the other door you haven't gone through yet. Okay, let's go. So you quickly open up the door, and you rush forward. You see that it comes right up to an intersection. There is a path leading forward, and there is a path leading off to your left. And right to your right, there is a doorway. You look up to the path leading off to your left, and it splits off to two different doorways. And Kalsar and Borodon, I need a dexterity saving throw. Thirteen. Ten. Alright, so both of you just come running forward. You rush up, and Bordon, you see as Kalsar makes it into this intersection, his foot goes and it trips a wire. And then you see these giant clawed hands made from wooden spikes come flinging out from either side. One of them slams right into Kelsar's chest, and the other one slams right into your back. And you have to slowly push these things out of your body. <laughs> Jeez. And MZ and Ronnie, you saw that happen just right in front of you. Jeez. Just a reminder, let us never do this again. Okay? I'm bleeding all over. You suddenly hear Steve cry out, Help! And now that you have your bearings a little bit better, you look up the hallway and you see it ending with the two doors facing on the left and the right. And you heard that cry come from the door on the right. I'll open it. Alright, so Kelsar, 
You put your hand on the doorknob. You take a deep breath. Oh, you open it up. And it's fine. The door opens all right. And right when it opens up, an overwhelming smell of herbs hits you as you enter this small room. The walls are covered in shelves and cupboards, all filled with different clay pots and drying herbs. A number of scrolls have been scribbled on, and what appears to be a patient's table with Steve lying on top of it is over in the corner. A fire pit sits in the center of this room, and an odd number of trinkets lays around it. What the hell's going on in this room? What's going on here? Hmm. Better go check on Steve. Most importantly, Steve, uh, can I do uh, medicine to like heal him or? Yep. Uh, okay. Wait. L let me check him. I, I think I have a little bit more training. Go ahead, Brodon. Twenty. So you rush over to Steve and you start taking a look at him. You open up his eyelids and using the torch that was actually still lit near here, where he must have run in and dropped it, you can tell that Steve has a severe concussion. Uh-oh. I think Steve is... If you leave him how he is without any kind of magical healing, he is going to have some very serious side effects or could potentially die. Uh, I have healing touch. While this is going on, can I just, like, peek in that other room? Sure. And Ronnie, you said you were going to do something? I got cure wounds, so I can cure wounds on Steve. Okay, so Ronnie, why don't you do that first, and then we'll pop over to MZ quick. I got six. So, Ronnie, you start jamming out on your Casio keyboard, and you find that your magical music is just having this positive effect on Steve. You see his head wounds slowly start to close up as he comes to. MZ, when you crack open the door to look into this room, you look around and see this must have been the chieftain's room. You can see a number of trophies, fine furs, some once fine furniture is scattered about the room. Things have been knocked off the walls, shattered and tossed about, and everything is coated with this black blood. And laying on top of this broken piece of furniture, you see this creature with purple skin and tentacles draping over where its mouth should be. And looking a little harder, you see on its chest piece, there is a clear number 13 stitched into it. While the rest of you guys are in that room with Steve, you can see that Ronnie's music is having this positive effect on him and he's slowly starting to come to. And MZ, I need you to make me a perception check. Awesome. I was going to ask if there is a, a hole in the ceiling. 15? Alright, so you are not caught flat-footed. What's your AC? 16. So as you look into this room, you see the illithid laying there, its chest ripped open, its body cut to ribbons, barely recognizable, and you hear this shift, a few little rocks that are moving behind you. You turn around quickly, you don't see anything, and just as you're about to pass it off, suddenly you feel this claw mark break across your chest as you take four points of damage. And I need everyone to roll for initiative. Empty! So Kelsar, what did you get? I got 20. And Ronnie? 13. 16. 9. Because of my short legs. You guys wake up Steve, and his eyes slowly start to flutter open, and he quickly looks at all you guys. You guys, it's a trap! And then you hear MZ cry out in pain as he gets slashed across the chest. Whoa, whoa, I don't... I don't cry out in pain, but... Oh, sorry, I, grunts in I pain. I definitely grunt or something, but... You guys can make some perceptions to see if you hear MZ grunt out in pain. Three. Okay, so I can't hear anything. Kelsar and Ronnie? Four. 
I cry out in pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were very sure you grunted. Fifteen. Kelsar, you heard MZ. He was either moving someone's dresser or he got hit. MZ! And it starts off with the monster. MZ, looking around, you cannot see this creature anywhere. You see little drops here of blood drip down here and there, which gives you a faint idea, but still you're grasping for ideas. And just as you're trying to think, this other claw comes out of nowhere, slashing you across the chest. And then we go to Kalsar. Can I pick up the torch that was in the room and throw it near to where MZ is? You may. Roll me a ranged attack. 21. High or low? Hi. So you just pick up this torch that was lying on the ground still lit and you just whip it and roll me 2d4 of damage. Five total. So you just whip this torch down the hallway and it goes head over handle and surprisingly hits this creature and this creature hisses out in pain and the torch hits the ground and to Steve's relief it stays still lit. It's the monster. You still don't see the creature even though the whole area is illuminated now and it goes to MZ and MZ you cannot see this creature but you have an idea of where it is. I'm going to do my best to strike where I, I thought I saw the beast. 19. Alright, high or low? Uh, low? So you slash out, fairly certain that there's this creature here, and right when you swing, you feel your sword immediately make contact with something, and roll me damage. Five. You feel your blade drag into the creature and rip right out to the other side, and you see this yellowish ichor dripping off your blade, leaking from its wound now floating in the air, and it goes to Ronnie. So Ronnie, you can hear this combat outside. I guess I will, sorry, is it? Should be close enough for me to run up and hit it, yeah? Yes. Okay, I will do that. You rush up to where this creature is, ready to swing your blade, and you can see a bit of blood dripping from the middle of the air. Fifteen? You slash out with your dagger at where you think this creature might be, and you feel your dagger connect and slice through it a little bit, and you see a little bit more blood floating through the air, giving you a better idea. Go ahead and roll your damage. Big ol' one. You just managed to glance your blade off it, and a little bit of blood starts dripping down out of the air, and you can see it flick back and forth as it seems that this creature is trying to look at both of you. And then it goes to Borodon. So can I get there on this start? Yeah, there's enough room for you to fit. So what I'll do, I'll try like striking my hammer in wide arcs. Okay. Because I can't see it. So I'll try to cover as much ground as I can with my hammer. Yeah, you're just doing those baseball swings. Yeah, exactly. 19. So you start swinging your hammer to the side, and you feel a surefire connection as it cracks into the side of this beast. As far as the percentile that I've been doing to hidden invisible creatures, since it has open wounds that are visible in the air, I've been giving you a 25% chance to miss. And so far, you guys all been nailing it. So I got seven. So you guys have just been wailing on this creature the moment that it went after MZ, and it tried to single him out while you guys were distracted by Ronnie singing that sweet wake-up tune to good old Steve, who's sitting dazed and confused on the stone slab, and this creature goes in for another attack at MZ. 
So what you see happen in front of you, because I rolled a one, is suddenly this creature appears before you. You see it has these long, elongated arms and legs, and its hands end in these giant claws, as well as its feet. Its face looks like the face that once belonged to a man, but now it's covered in sagging skin and boils and holes. Its torso is covered in this ripped up clothing that must have belonged to him at one point before the change. And this creature just stares forward with these sickly yellow eyes, looking back and forth panicking. Realizing now that it's visible, it starts to look at each of you and begins to change its form. The first form it changes into is Borodon's brother Galden, but only half of its body actually manages to change. So one half remains this monstrosity, while the other half is this dwarf with a golden arm with a surprised look on his face quickly shifts over to Zin and is looking towards Emzy and then shifts back to Ronnie's daughter, Amelia, and you start hearing these voices saying, Dad, my leg stuck. There was never any Jirik here. Haha, <laughs> brother, I'm sure you'll make a fine royal advisor. And you see it cycling through your memories as it's trying to find a form while it's freaking out. And then it goes to Kelsar. Kelsar, everyone is currently blocking your way. So how can I, what can I do then? So while you're staring out at them frustrated, you want to get past, you want to fight this monster, you want to protect your newfound friends, you start to feel this power flow through your left hand, and this throbbing begins as you start seeing this shield manifest itself in front of you, this light blue silver shield floating in the air. And who out of those three do you want to protect the most right now? Bordon. So you see this ghostly translucent blue shield form suddenly in front of Borodon, and it seems to float wherever that monster turns towards him, granting him a plus two to his AC, and these blue flames just lick around the sides of this shield. And Kelsar, you realize that you could do this three times per day. Sweet. So do I know this was a magic made by Kelsar? Yeah, it has the same insignia on the shield floating in front of you as the one on Kelsar's arm. Thank you, Kelsar. You guys can now see this creature in front of you. Bordon, you feel a protective warmth coming from this shield whenever it seems to flow in front of you. And then it goes to Emzy. Emzy, you see this creature in front of you erratically shifting forms while it panics, looking back and forth and its blood is spilling out onto the ground. Do I know this is an aberration now? Is it an aberration? Yes. Because when it was invisible, I don't think I would get any bonuses. No, because you wouldn't have known how to properly fight it. My favorite enemy is uh, an aberration, so do I get bonuses yeah, on Yeah, now a lot of the things start making sense with this creature, just why it wasn't connecting to be one of the creatures in the area or the strange habits it was doing. Now it all just clicks together. Mm. Oh, that's a miss. So you swing your weapon, but this creature keeps shifting form after form after form, and it shifts quickly to Zin, and it just trips you up just a second, and your swing misses, and it goes from MZ over to Ronnie. I guess I'll just go at it with the dagger again. Fuck's sake. Got a six. So that's another swing and a miss. So even though you haven't known your daughter for very long, just the fact that it keeps shifting to her face and then you go into stab, it throws you off enough that this creature is able to use it to its advantage and get out of the way. I think I'm just way too incompetent to actually hit anything. Well, I mean, you got a critical on it before, so Ronnie has some skill. And Borodon, is now your turn. Can I move just to give some space for Kelsor? There's not enough room in that area. 
You could back up and try to cast a spell if you have any. Well, I do. Can I do that? Yeah. Like going a little bit backward and... Uh... Yeah, you can take a five-foot okay. step to withdraw so that it doesn't get an attack of opportunity on you. Okay. Oh, Secret Slime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 23. Roll your damage. Nine. So, explain to me what this looks like when you take out this creature. Start chanting and moving my hands, and I sort of form a cone. You know, I open my fingers, and uh, just like hits the like the creature's face, and starts to burn his hair. So your flames hit this creature in the face, and it starts freaking out and trying to put the fire out, but the fire isn't naturally made. So while it's patting itself down, you see the flame suddenly catch on its hands and then catch on the rest of its body, and it continuously shifts again and again and again through people of your memories. It's from your childhood, people that you've maybe passed once in the street, all sorts of people it goes through until it finally settles down on Eoden, and you can barely tell it's him through this melted face, and it just keeps repeating, don't worry, I'll come back for you, don't worry, I'll come back for you. And it keeps doing this until it just fizzles out and collapses to the ground. What the hell was this creature anyway? You're not sure. You do see on its hand though, is a very familiar symbol. Can I use, like, investigate? With your investigation, you start looking over this creature while everyone is just sitting down for a second to catch their breath. And you go to the symbol on its left hand. And you see, actually, through all the burns, it goes up its arm, over its torso, down its legs and its other arm, and up the neck. Rodan, what do you see? It was probably one of ours. That has died three times, and has became this. It's like, a, even like a better mo motivation for us to always stay together and look af after one another, you know? Even though some of us just want to drink wine, and party? Hmm? Rony? Wait, but doesn't this mean that there's a chance that he can come back? Well, he died three times, right? So he's not supposed to, right? I mean, should we just cut him into pieces? I, I don't know. I don't know how like it works here in this world. I can make a prayer and try to have his soul like, oh, like from his body, you know? Would a prayer even be enough? Again? It's the best I can do. Make an insight check, all of you. So Ronnie and MZ as well. Seven. Oh, natural 20. Nice. 13. So Ronnie and MZ being the most studious ones here, your mind clicks back to when Garlic's told you, whenever you die, this symbol eats a little bit more of your soul each time. It'll keep consuming and consuming until you've died three times and then it'll have eaten all of it and you'll turn into one of these monsters. So this thing on the ground, it doesn't have any soul left to pass on. Alright, cut its head off. Oh, Ronnie. Do you? I'm cutting its head off. I only got a dagger, so it's gonna take a while, but... So you see Ronnie just crouch on down. I'll, I'll say that out loud. I'll, I'll explain to them that this, this thing was one of us. It had a symbol like we did, and it died three times and it basically had its soul eaten so you can pray all you want but there's there's no soul to help pass on yeah, very well 
Ronnie, it takes about a minute or so, but you're sitting there cutting away, and you manage to rip the head right off. What? 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 He crouched down and took the head off. And Steve comes out of the room a little shaken. Well, I guess we now have proof that we killed it. Hey, yeah, maybe there's a reward. We should take the head back. There's definitely a reward. There's 100% a reward. I'm taking the head back. Steve, carry the head. So you hand him the head, and he shakily takes it. I don't know if I'm cut out for this job. Ah, come on, Steve. You're a big hero now. He just holds that head and stares down. We warned you about this, Steve. No, oh, it's it's fine. I can take it, Steve. It's disgusting, though. Yeah, he hands you the head. He does not want to hold this at all. Okay, so I put it inside a like a bag or whatever. Yeah, you find just a couple lying around. Speaking of dead bodies, I will turn around, go into that room, and stand over the Mind Flayer's body and look it over. So looking over this creature, you can tell that it's been dead for a while. You can see that it's starting to bloat a little bit. If anything, it's not been dead for a day, it's probably been dead for a couple, so before you even got there, this thing must have been slain. So going over this lithid and checking its wounds, you don't see anything else of note going through its pocket, there's no notes or anything like that, just this clear stitching of the number 13 on its jacket. And you remember from that vision that you had when you first arrived in this world, there were 13 lithids scrambling on that ship. I will rip its patch off and hang on to that okay what are we doing are we going to desecrate all the bodies you look in the room board on and you see mz standing over a mind flare's body are you taking trophies uh i tell him of the vision that i had and yeah i'm i'm collecting this you all would have shared the same visions but i don't think any of you have ever really talked about it at all Sure, I'm sort of... I think I had the same vision. But do you think taking that will help us? I don't know. I, I don't know if we should go on and, you know, start removing body parts of every dead creature that we find. I ripped, like, a, a little patch off of it. I didn't, like, take a limb or anything. Oh! Off the clothes... Oh! It had a... It had a patch with the number 13 on it, so I, I kind of ripped that little sewn-on patch off. I thought it was like on his skin. So what do you guys do now? You're in this cave, there's a little bit that you technically haven't explored at all, but you did kill the monster. Do we think that's the only monster left? Or do you guys just want to head back? Are you guys okay to proceed? I mean, I don't think there's too much left. We, we could just take a quick look. Yeah, let's take a quick look, see if there's anything we missed. It does seem like a hideout, so maybe there are some valuables that we can just grab. Yeah, I'm going to check that uh, bottom room at the, the kind of tea when we came in from the secret room. Okay, I'll just give you some descriptions while you're going through the rooms. So you open the door and come into this one room and you see a number of crudely drawn pictures on paper and hide are lining some of the walls. There's a very large map of the surrounding region on one wall and you see a lot of very small desks all facing towards a very large desk. And it gives you the impression that this is a crudely put together classroom of sorts for the goblins. Do we have a map? No, you don't actually. Is it small enough that we could actually carry it? Or is it like wall sized? 
It's a little too big to be carrying naturally. We couldn't roll it up? If you rolled it up, yeah, you could just lay it down on a table and look it over. Okay, so we can take it with us? Yeah. Yeah, it's a map of the surrounding region. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. So you open the door to this last room, and this wide chamber contains a mushroom farm. Rows upon rows of dirt have been tilled up, and mushrooms are sprouting out from them. You see a number of farming tools are placed against the side wall, and the smell of this room is overwhelming. Sorry, these are like, these are edible <laughs> mushrooms? Can I do, can I roll for medicine or something to see if they're poisonous? That would be nature. Oh, okay. I think we could also ask Steve, right? Because he was a farmer, so maybe he farmer. has some knowledge about this mushrooms. You know, like it's just a familiar, uh, familiar mushroom. Yeah, he can look over them. He looks down at the mushroom you're holding. Yeah, these are edible. They're local to the area. Stock up. And while you're actually going through these mushrooms, you see a couple of goblin bodies. So I'll do another prayer. Uh, do the goblins have coin purses? Yeah, searching through their pockets, you managed to come up with about 10 gold pieces. Seriously? Yeah. Those are some rich goblins. Yeah, they were doing quite well for themselves. So that's the whole cave here. You've managed to gather a ton of mushrooms and whatever valuables you could find. Ronnie, don't you want that keg of wine? Yes. Five bottles of wine, four bottles of ale, and two kegs of ale. Okay, we'll take all the bottles for sure. Can we get the keg out of here? I'd say someone with a high strength could carry it by themselves, or two people together. I have 16 strength. Throw it on board and board can you carry my keg? And I have, I have, I have 15 strength. So after finishing looting the goblins home, you guys start heading out, and you have so many bottles just clink along in your backpack while you're walking. I think we've earned a bit of R&R, guys, wouldn't you say? Yeah, sure, if they are not spoiled. There were, uh, there was another path a little ways away from this cave that, that had a lot of goblin tracks leading down it, right? Yes. We took the left and I think they, they were, like, to the right or yeah. something, right? Yes. We should rest before we do anything like that. We probably should go back to the village. Yeah, I guess the village isn't totally really that far away. I'm sure MC... You're not doing too good either. No, I could definitely use a rest. We should head back and let the villagers know that the beast has been slain. So you guys pack up all this stuff and you start heading out. You have enough mushrooms to last you, I'd say about three days, but you are going to be real sick of mushrooms by the end of that. And you have your five bottles of wine, four bottles of ale, and two kegs of ale. And while you're walking through here, you still see a lot of these goblin tracks that are here and there, and just going all sorts of different directions. And you look up at the sun and it actually looks like it's dipping in towards evening. You didn't realize how much time you burned while you were in there investigating, fighting, and doing the ceremonies to pass on the spirits. And while you're walking through the woods, I need each of you to make me a perception check. Uh, 19 plus 1. 17. Yay. We are perceptive. Oh wow, nat 20. I see everything. So all of you see this with your very high perception rolls. While you're walking through the woods and discussing what just happened, goblins start slowly coming out of the woods. 
you find yourself surrounded by this circle of them, and they're all looking towards you, no weapons raised, just staring at you, and one goblin, slightly taller than the rest, wearing fairly nice clothing, steps forward with a few more scars on his face than usual. I see you taking care of the creature. We'd like to thank you, but first, I was hoping I could have a word. Well, listen, what do you want with us, Chief? It's about the mayor. Oh, what could the mayor be hiding this time? The mayor is always hiding something. If you have a mayor, you know they are hiding something. Go to your mayor, ask them, what are you hiding? Shake them by their shoulders. But be warned, the gods will show up. I have done this before. It is dangerous. Now that our heroes have successfully vanquished this beast, I wonder what twist our goblin friends will add to the story. If you wish to find more of my thoughts streaming upon the nether sphere, you can find me on Twitter at Ballad7Dice. And feel free to leave us a review on the Atunes or Stitcher. I look forward to seeing you again, Traveler. I bid you adieu.